welcome to yet another episode of Once Upon the Gutter, the podcast where inspiring stories are born from the depths of adversity. I'm your host, Nanakia Mbega, and together we'll embark on a journey through the terms of individuals who have weathered life storms and emerged stronger than ever. We have a guest on our episode today. Her name is Njeri. I have known Njeri for about a year now. But we have met today for the first time. We have so many mutual friends. And it's been a lot of us exchanging on social media platforms. And I'm just so glad. I have actually listened to her story um, firsthand before we recorded this particular episode. And it's very, very interesting that certain things that come out that we'll discuss at the end of episode are consistent and are a pattern with we growing up with African parents. Her story is about her overcoming depression and childhood trauma that was resulted from um, not so good relationship with her mother, who was a primary parent in her life. And I mean, at this point, I'm just like, I will probably have my therapist come on this podcast as a guest so we can go into childhood trauma and dissect and just talk about how it affects people into adulthood. And before I start acting like this is my episode, I'll just Jerry, let Jerry introduce herself and then she'll tell us her story. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Hilda. Uh, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I'm amazed by your level of articulation and, <laughs> and brilliance. <laughs> we just good at it. Thank you. Um, as she has said, it's true. I've gone through my own area uh, of life where I was in the gutter. I was truly in the gutter, um, dealing with depression and also a difficult uh, relationship with my parent. And today, if someone met me, they would probably tell him Jerry is very self-aware, She's quite positive with life. But now today I want to tell you where all that came from because there's been a history to it. I've had my own fair share of struggles that I've had to overcome in order to become self-aware and more positive with life and now moving into abundance. Yeah. So uh, where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Start from wherever you want. Uh, Okay, okay. So it all starts in my childhood. Um, I was raised in a lower middle class background with both of my parents, but it so happens that um, at the age of six, six years old, my mother moved to a small town in Imbo and there we started living together. So my mom has had a very difficult background, like she had her own fair share of demons that she had to deal with. And unfortunately, as a firstborn daughter, she projected that on me. And she competed for attention with my dad because I was my dad's first love. Anybody who knows me closely knows that I'm very close with my dad. If you just come close to my dad, I'll, I'll shoot you in the head. <laughs> but anyway... um. Throughout my childhood, I I experienced a lot of abuse from my mom. She would beat me for no reason. Sometimes she would use very harsh words against me. And it crippled me in terms of my self-esteem, even as a child. So even in school, much as I was very confident in public, I used to do poems, I used to do music. No one would tell that I was damaged on the inside, that Njeri was really struggling with low self-esteem. It was not until I turned 18 years old that my awakening happened. Then now I began to realize why I acted the way I do. Because in high school, I spent 
a huge chunk of my time trying to fit into spaces that I was not even meant to be. I I tried to find that love in circles of people, but many people wouldn't tell that I was going through something, I was going through abuse. So when I turned 18, something amazing in my life happened. Um, it's amazing in a bad way because that's when my, my parents experienced some sort of um, uh, financial hiccup. So my mom, my mom lost her business and it, it affected our lives um, fundamentally because even the, the income that they were bringing in could no longer come as it was before and that was around the period when I was joining campus. So I didn't even have money to go to school and I remember a certain day I went to my mom's bedroom and I was like, mom, um, where am I going to get money to, to go to school? And she told me she did not have. And I remember on that day, I went to a nearby church, looked up and told God, when I cannot even speak, just listen to my heart. And I remember I felt I needed to call uh, my few friends on my phone book and try and get help from elsewhere. So I started calling my friends one by one, one by one. I'm sure those who are my friends then can remember that time. I was crying, literally telling people um, I'm experiencing a financial hiccup. I don't even have money to go to school. And luckily, I landed into the contact of someone I didn't know so well. She was a stranger to me. But then we had met because at the time we were studying online. And so we were not transitioning to the physical um, setup. So this lady gave me the fare to uh, go to Embu and explain myself in a physical setting. So when I went there, I told her what I was going through and then she asked me how much I needed. And I only needed 6,000. Guys, 6,000 had caused a lot of anxiety in my life at that point in time. So she gave me the 6,000 and for the first time in my life, I cried like a child. I, I just cried. I was like, I did not even expect that in a few hours I'd get the help I got. So I went to school, cleared so well. And because my parents at the time could not even afford to pay for my accommodation in school, um, they, they offered to give me accommodation for that entire semester because it was only one month to the end of the semester. So they offered to give me help. And at that period, um, in time, my dad was very, very sick, so he couldn't cater to my needs. So I lived with a woman, um, this lady who had helped me, the Good Samaritan, for purposes of sealing the identity. I will not mention her name, but she was relevant for that season. So little did I know that my happiness was short-lived because uh, during that period, I lived with a woman, um, she happened to have affiliations with a political family and so they introduced me to the politician, to one of the politicians in this country. He still is very influential and I won't mention his name again, but um, the, the, the period in my life when I met him, I was very, very vulnerable. I didn't have money. Uh, my parents were struggling, so I was struggling to even get through campus and so they were taking me there so that I could explain myself and somehow get help from this politician. So when I went there, the first thing they will always they will always say, if they want to take advantage of you, um, the easiest way is to get you drunk. So 
the first rule of the thumb was um, we are not paying for any soft drinks. So you're either taking wine or beer. <laughs> and I decided to go with wine because the lady advised me. She told me, just take some wine. Um, we're going to play this quite cool. You know, you need to get this money and blah, blah, blah. So I'm taking my wine peacefully. But um, this so-called politician is trying to caress my body. So basically, this is sexual harassment. If you're a law student, you know sexual harassment does not only have to be through penetration. It can be through uh, online. It can be through people touching you inappropriately. And that is what happened to me. So they tried. They were trying to sort of caress me. And it was not only him. There were other people that had accompanied him to that particular meeting. So what I didn't know is that throughout this time, the lady was recording whatever was happening. So it, it seemed like more of a setup. So whatever was supposed to happen in that particular setting was that I was to give my body in exchange for money, for my upkeep and for my, um, for my upkeep and for my accommodation. So I rejected the offer and told the lady that if this is a deal, I'm not gonna give in to it. I would rather defer my studies till I'm able to um, I'm able to fend for myself or my parents are back on their feet and they can do it for me. So um, that passed and we went back home to where the lady lived. And of course I thought the lady was on my side. But then um, a few weeks later, um, the husband to the lady texted me and told me, Jerry, you need to find accommodation as soon as possible. I did not understand why he told me that and he didn't give me like a particular context as to why I do that because my parents at the time were going through a very heavy financial crisis so definitely I couldn't get money for accommodation. But the thing was behind the scenes this lady was doing some things that were not really good. She was accusing me of seducing her husband um, she said that I had plans to take her husband away from him, from her, sorry. And that was basically out of insecurity. <laughs> so at that particular point in time, I got so many accusations for things I had not done. I was accused for sort of like mistreating a house help that I used to, I, I could not even help in terms of household duties. And yet I had tried to be in my best behavior. Remember during this period, I was going through a lot of anxiety and depression because of what was adding up in my life. So my mom has a financial crisis. My dad is sick. And here I have people who are now accusing me falsely. So things escalated around December 20th of 2020 when now um, I went back home. And my mother had already started siding with the other lady, stating that, hey, Enyawenjeri <laughs> is a bad password. So they started harassing me together. This lady was sending me messages left, right, center. If you were in school, I was being followed. <laughs> Any move I'd make, it would be said, I'm going to talk about her, I'm going to gossip about her. And this was just crazy. Everything was just not adding up. So... It pushed me to a position of breakdown where now everything, and I mean everything that had happened in my life for the past 17 years of my life or so, now started coming up. And I remember letting it out all on my mom. 
I reminded her of things she had done in my childhood that I had always kept a secret and the things that were aching me from inside. My neighbors who um, we had like a confrontation before, I would go and tell them. So at this point in time, I'm just trying to project everything that is on my mind. And at this point in time, uh, my mom knew that something was wrong. So when I went to hospital, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety around that period because of money and all what was going on in my life. So I was hospitalized for about five days and my dad was was called to the hospital where I was, I was um, staying. And they looked at my messages and my conversations with the lady who I was living with and they noticed that there was a lot that was going on and I did not respond in a, in a rude way. All this time when the woman was mistreating me and she was um, hurling insults at me, I tried my best to just keep my cool and to remain silent. But this was hurting me from inside. It made me go crazy. So at this point in time, I personally knew that I was going through an awakening in my own life. And I knew it was time to let my old life go away. So immediately I left hospital. I sat down with my mom and I told her, Mom, um, for the past 17 years, I have always listened to you. You've taken control of my life. And there are so many things that you've told me to do that are against my will. But from today onwards, I'll do everything according to what my soul wants and not what society wants of me and not what you want of me. Because I also need to take charge of my life. I need to do what feels right to do. And I said those words and I just felt like a chip was lifted out of my shoulder because those were words that I couldn't have uttered for the past 17 years. Because if I tried to stand up for myself, it would be met by slaps and, you know, so much anger. My mom was very, very rough. So from that day onwards, I asked my dad to let me um, move to my own apartment, much as I was living in Embu. So my dad paid for an apartment and I started living alone. He used to pay my rent. But I took this time to just to work on myself i really wanted to work on myself i wanted to come out of that space i couldn't even date at that particular point in time because i felt like i had so much to work on in terms of my self-worth because if anything if i got into a relationship at that point in time i would have probably bonded over trauma and not um happiness or anything joyful so I took that period away from dating and I just focused on myself. At that particular point in time, I was still going through the anxiety. Remember when you're going through depression, it's always about the emptiness you feel inside. Sometimes you feel so detached from reality. You walk into a space and you don't even understand why you're in that room. And sometimes you isolate yourself in a corner. I remember I used to cry so much. I would go into a certain corner in school and I'll just cry. And if you asked me why I was crying, I wouldn't even point a reason. If you asked me, is it food you're lacking? No, it was just emptiness. So those people who say there is no depression, kindly just know I've been there and I know how empty one feels. So I took that time to also study more about depression and what it entails. Um, and I remember April of 2021, was when I began to feel peaceful. And I was so happy during that April because I was like, oh my God, finally I feel peace. 
I've always longed for that period in my life where I'll just feel at peace with everything. <laughs> and I think this is the time. So I felt peace for the first time in April of 2021. And then... During that time, we were now going for the long holidays. So I took a break from social media. I was not on WhatsApp. I was not on uh, um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I just took a break. I just wanted to have that moment with myself to understand myself. So I moved into the next stage, which is more like self-exploration. So during this period, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm questioning my beliefs from Christianity I've been brought up in a Christian home. I questioned a lot on Christianity. I questioned a lot on my relationships. I questioned a lot on the things I believed in and I knew to be true. And I remember it was just an intense period of questioning, questioning. I read books on toxic parents and psychological books. I understood why I was feeling the way I was. And I understood how my childhood trauma was connected to my confidence and how I thought about myself. So that was sort of like a period of me learning more about who I was. So during that period, I tried several projects, but they were just for healing my, my own soul. I did a small farming project and I would go to that farm and dig and try to just let it out. I, I used that as an escape mechanism and trying to process my own thoughts and my own feelings. So by the end of 2021, there was only one thing that had remained with me, that love is the greatest thing in this world. So I learned so profoundly that I needed to love myself in order to love other people. And loving yourself, guys, is, is so, so difficult. Because people think loving yourself is buying yourself things and taking yourself on outings. But it's a conscious effort to change how you think, how you reason, and how you relate to other people. So I'd say 2021 was the beginning of my turning point. Now coming out of depression and anxiety because now I came into a space of awareness that I was going through a lot as a person. And why I was going through it. So in 2021, my only prayer was 2022. I just wanted to get into a space of um, genuine happiness. I was now in a space of peace. I knew I was peaceful with my life. I knew I was peaceful with my surrounding. But I wasn't really genuinely happy. You know, there's a difference between being genuinely happy and just being happy because of the moment. So you may be happy because you've been taken on a vacation or you've gone to this big hotel or you've discovered something new. But there's that genuine happiness that well, no matter what happens in your life, you're always in a place of groundedness. So I got to that point in the beginning of 2022. I now started um, feeling like I was living again. I had taken control of my relationship with my mom. She was no longer affecting my life. My childhood trauma was no longer controlling how I thought about things. And also, um, whatever my parents were going through was no longer affecting me so profoundly like it used to. So I stopped pegging my decisions on uh, my parents are going through this. I will not be able to do this. So if I was supposed to go out, I'm like, why am I going out? And my parents are lacking food. It was not about that. It was about what is what is best for me at this moment in time. And what do I need to do for me profoundly? 
so in 2020 i 2022 sorry i began to explore other avenues of self love and that is now um taking that is when i took a leadership course by lapid leaders africa and i was taking a lead self course so what happened during that period is i began to learn how to lead myself and i began to um write about what i used to go through and my feelings because with childhood trauma you still have triggers even way way later so you'll feel like <laughs> um something that happened in your childhood for example and it it starts showing up in your other relationships so i started being cognizant of those patterns and what was happening so after taking that leadership course i now started going for networking events and that that is where i, I got to learn of people like hilda and other people in our lives who are mutual friends so i began to go for networking events i began to get people who belong to my tribe people who believe in uh, working on themselves and it's just been a constant journey of working on myself i also volunteered with pace last year and it was one of the best things that happened to me because i discovered um one of my strengths which is just being in the space of giving back and being in service to humanity i discovered i loved it so much and these are some of the things i did as part of loving myself i began to um get used to places of abundance so if i'm going to a hotel that is four star or five star i no longer feel like i don't belong to this space because if you come from a scarcity background you realize that there's a lot of issues tied to scarcity so everything is always scarce whether it's money whether it's opportunities whether it's everything everything is always scarce but at that point in my life i began to discover that i could actually have more and i could do more for myself and so in 2023 my theme has been to build capacity basically um learning my strengths and using my strengths to build my own capacity and skills that can propel me forward so that has been my transition from a place of depression into now a place of enlightenment and wanting to progress further with my life and not pegging myself forth on money or on drugs or in church because sometimes people use church as an escape mechanism i i got to a place of balance and i've been in this journey of wanting to know more about myself so if you know me well i'm very interested in issues to do with personal development i always want to know my strengths my weaknesses um i will see things quite consciously because uh, of that transition in my life so what i've learned over the years is that sometimes with our parents people do not want to admit that your parents can be toxic and i think we need to get to this point where we acknowledge abuse for what it is whether it's coming from a boyfriend a teacher a partner we need to acknowledge abuse for what it is they might not take responsibility for their abuse but now you have to take responsibility for your own life because otherwise you'll end up hurting other people who did not even deserve to be hurt so you'll find yourself um hurting your partner just because your parents shouted at you and they did not they did not show you what love means and so you find yourself projecting the same issues to other people so 
for me i've had to learn that in the end you need to acknowledge abuse for what it is create boundaries if your parent is narcissistic you need to acknowledge it for what it is and the way to deal with narcissists is to cut contact and if they are your parents now create a very porous boundaries of course because they are your parents and you need to respect them but just make sure that in the end of it all um their decisions or their actions do not affect you make decisions that are best for you and decisions that are going to propel you forward because you have your own life to live you know and parents are also human beings they are, they can make errors people lied to us that parents are superhumans and that's why people do not want to acknowledge abuse for what it is so you will find someone who has a dad who is constantly pushing them down but they can't they can't stand up for themselves and as a woman you you experience a lot of trouble if you have that parent who does not really show you what love really means because now you start looking for it elsewhere luckily for me i had my dad who has always stood with me in every step of the way so i didn't have a lot of problems with guys and trying to be loved by men because i knew my dad was my first love but for someone else that could be an issue but now my issue has been now i need to be this feminine lady i need to be living in my softness and my vulnerability but i just couldn't get vulnerable i was actually sharing with hilda the other day that my attachment style is dismissive avoidant and that sort of came from the the way i connected when i was younger and i struggled even in my previous relationships to be vulnerable and my partner would tell me jerry you just don't get vulnerable what's up and i'd be like i also don't know but then way way later i came to discover that the way we grow up actually affects our relationships and how we handle people so um i'd urge all of us to basically look at how we were raised and to acknowledge things for what they are another thing i've learned is love is the greatest thing that can happen in this world you need to lead from a point of love whether you are a leader whether you you work in an organization people will always notice when you are leading from a point of love because even the way you handle people you you handle them with gentleness you handle them with humility you handle them from a point of abundance with your own self with your when you have love that is in yourself you 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 are able to pour it onto other people you are able to fill your cup and fill others as well and so love was a profound thing that came through because now from a point of love i'm able to do things um extending a hand of compassion to other people i was actually telling hilda um just before we started recording the podcast that there are guys i've met who are leaders in society but they can't lead themselves and it's it's weird yeah you might think just because someone has a very high position that means that they treat people well no it it doesn't happen that way some are really 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 materially successful but they don't have the capacity to give love at all so you'll find someone who has a lot of money but either they turn people down or 
they use their money to manipulate other people and it happens to us and if you are not conscious enough to um deal with your own traumas right from childhood you'll find yourself in that space where you you don't see clearly you you are not conscious of other people's behaviors sometimes we attract the things we've seen at home for the longest time and so you find yourself um looking at your parents and the things they did are the same same things you want to attract in your life so for example if my dad was abusive you will be attracted to guys who are of the same nature or those who are so so downtrodden that they can't even stand up for themselves because your dad was abusive so you're like i need to look for someone who is a bit more chilled someone who doesn't have much going on in their lives i've seen people who are who have been brought up in alcoholic um with alcoholic parents and we say the father was alcoholic so the mother decides to take up the role of you know we need to make sure that this alcoholic is well taken care of so they take on that same role even in their lives but they do not know why so you end up seeing sort of like a history repeating itself and it's because of the kind of things that we've seen all in all i'm grateful for what i went through because it makes me stronger it has made me more self aware and i've grown um into this woman that i'm now proud of and i'm still continuing to i'm i'm still in that journey of growth and becoming that person that i want to become so yeah that's my story jerry <laughs> ah, has dropped so many gems on yes. that particular episode i don't know about you guys but for me it's a lot of like lessons that i'm taking home mm. and she mentioned people think self love is you know let me take myself to kempinski let me go for happy hour let me spend money on myself but she said self love is a conscious decision mm. to question your patterns to choose to change the things consciously that are happening in your life that do not serve you anymore mm. and that is just i don't know that is something that i'm taking forth mm. and we talked about how money is really something that people value and do not get me wrong i love money i love money in any case i'm constantly manifesting abundance financially but also i'm just at a point in my life where I do not lead with money. I just can't afford to lead with money because um I have seen what leading with money can do cuz you get to a point where you start to accommodate a lot of things that are not beneficial to you as an individual or things that ruin you because you're leading with money and I hope we got we get to a point where we have a mentality where someone can like you can have abundance financially and still live a good life. It doesn't money doesn't have to come with suffering. You do not have to cry in a Range Rover. You can actually smile in a Range Rover. Mm. And that is the life I'm manifesting for myself. If it involves crying in a Range Rover, I'm out. Mark me absent. Mark me absent. I'm not coming to that party. Mm. I'm not showing up. So I hope you're all able to, you know, and things like childhood trauma. Most of us have actually been abused by our parents. We just don't acknowledge it because we think oh that's what they were supposed to do. and of course we acknowledge that maybe they did not know better maybe they were also abused and that was just them carrying forth the trauma mm. 
and i hope here the people that do not carry that trauma forward i hope we do something about it we choose to change it i have enjoyed this episode so 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 much and don't forget if you want to share your story with us mm-hmm. with me or with my listeners you can reach out to me on instagram at beautiful.stain mm-hmm. or you can check out my phone number in the show notes below just text me i'd gladly meet you and rec- record your story so we can keep um spreading hope i have really really enjoyed this episode uh, don't forget to follow the podcast as you listen. <laughs> Please follow this particular podcast and also follow me on Instagram. So you can always be notified when there's a new episode that's up. Jerry, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. We've shared a lot today yes. in regards to just similarities of patterns in our lives. Exactly. But I hope we go there and conquer because, I mean, look at you now. This life after the adversity that you went through. Yeah. This is a new and beautiful season for you. You're loving yourself. You're yes. putting yourself out there. Yeah. And I hope you keep doing it. Yeah, thank you so much, Hilda. And I'm also really 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 inspired by you, you. and your life um continue doing what you do i remember when i first saw your instagram page i was like oh my goodness i just love this girl <laughs> and i just <laughs> couldn't you. tell why i just loved you yeah. yeah and yeah and i also hope that our listeners and people who listen to this podcast will also be inspired by our stories uh, because we've also been through the gutter. Hey, yeah. guys, we've been drugged. We've been through it. Yeah. You see us out here smiling. Uh, we are the most self-aware people. Most people know. Yeah. But people think that when you're self-aware, you can't go through things. You can't go through difficulty or exactly. some seasons yeah. don't catch up with you. Yeah. Actually, you can. That's yeah. why it's very, very important, even in your self-awareness make it be very very intentional with what who you want to allow in your life yeah. with your boundaries yeah. from them yeah. because sometimes things just happen and it's a, as a result of trauma that you get drawn to certain things that people don't necessarily expect from a self-aware person yes and then people that are seen as self-aware sometimes do not share their struggles because they've been put on a pedestal your life looks really good you look like you got everything going on so you've been put on a pedestal and you're expected to keep that up yeah people can't just there's shame there's shame around trauma there's shame around abuse and you're not able to share because of that but i just want to encourage people that you know it's not shameful it's happened to you but now that is your power take it and run with it and mold it into something something very very beautiful like she told me uh when you're abused you can take it negatively or positively Mm. and choose how to run with that yeah and exactly before we even wrap up i'd like to add that self-awareness doesn't take a take away what life throws at you yes but it gives you the tools to be able to navigate yes so whether it's a toxic relationship you'll still meet toxic people in everyday life but then you'll be able to spot such patterns and you'll be like oh i think i've recognized that and you'll be able to take appropriate steps towards making your life better so it doesn't take away what life throws but it definitely gives you the tools you need to be able to navigate life so wellness and self-awareness is something i recommend for everyone what a way to wrap what a parting shot (laughs) Uh, thank you so much um i hope you come back next monday for a new episode because i'll sure as hell drop another episode bye bye bye